0: pittsburgh Steelers fans what's going on this is jeff hartman of behind the steel and the behind the steel curtain network of podcasts it's time for another episode of let's ride your monday wednesday and friday morning podcast it is wednesday everyone happy hump day and you know what that means Second half, we have mailbag. We've got DEFCON levels being updated. We've got news. Tomlin, Tuesday happened yesterday. We're going to get you all caught up with all of that and more as we also talk about predictions for the second half, but in a little bit of a different way, in a little bit of a different way. So let's get this thing started with some news. Mike Tomlin did speak to the media on Tuesday at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, but before that even happened was when some news broke. And I got to be honest with you, when I heard this news, (laughs) I was pretty excited. I know that I'm being selfish. I'm being very selfish, though, when I say this. When it was announced that the Week 11 game in Pittsburgh versus the Cincinnati Bengals was flexed, meaning moved, from Sunday night football to 425, I did a fist pump. Yes, because with this job, you know, this is a job, not my primary job, but this is a job. Requires a lot of time, you know. Creating content, writing articles, uh, doing podcasts—it takes time. And when there's a night game, it's grueling. It is difficult. You're tired. You're fatigued, mentally, physically. And so, when they move that game, man, I was so happy. But I understand, and why I've said I was being selfish. I understand. There's a lot of people out there that this is the only chance they get. To see the Steelers, guaranteed to see the Steelers is when they play on national TV. And so for you out there, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry for feeling the way that I feel, but i got to be honest with you all. They, this is the way that I feel when it comes to these primetime games. I wish, I really wish they would also be able to flex out the Week 12 game, which is the Monday nighter in Indianapolis, but you can't flex Monday night games until 2023. If they could flex out Monday night games... In 2022, I guarantee you they would be flexing out Colts versus Steelers in Indianapolis. Both of those teams just are not playing well. I'm sure there's a more attractive option out there. For instance, in week 11, the primetime game on Sunday night is now going to be Chiefs and Chargers. I, I like I said, I was excited. That's it that's only it's one less time I got to stay up till the wee hours of the morning and do work. So that was the first news that happened. Then Mike Tomlin spoke and I'm thinking to myself, okay, Tomlin's going to get up there. He's going to give his spiel about injuries. He's going to talk about, uh, you know, how the, the team, did. they rested. They, they feel like they're in a good spot health, health, health-wise and not have much else to say. And boy, was I wrong. Uh, the, the, he gave a laundry list of injuries. Let's go through some of them because I'm sure I'm missing someone here. The first name that Mike Tomlin mentions is Miles Jack dealing with a knee injury. Said that they're just going to have to take a wait-and-see approach. With Miles Jack, it, it, with his knee, and, and how he responds to work. That's not good. Akilah Witherspoon, hamstring injury. Yes, you heard that correct. I don't know if this is the same injury that he had from week three, same hamstring, or a different one, but that's not good. Another cornerback, Levi Wallace, who missed the game against the Eagles with a shoulder injury, he is still working his way back. Christian Koontz was a new name, long snapper. He, has, he somehow has a rib injury. So, Mike Tomlin was a little bit more optimistic about him being available for the upcoming game uh, at home. Last home game they've had. So, the first home game they've had since Tampa Bay in week six. Hard to believe. Uh, Chris Boswell with his groin injury. He's still working through that. So is Larry Ogunjobi with his knee. It just seemed like a laundry list of of injuries. And there was no update on TJ Watt or Demonte KZ. Uh, Everyone's expecting them to be back. Mike Tomlin said he is optimistic. That they will be back, but nothing set in stone. Except there was a roster move made a little after 4 p.m. Actually, it was probably just prior to 4 p.m. But the Steelers made a roster move that can kind of tell us a couple things about some injured players and what they're expecting, at least as we sit here right now on Wednesday morning. So Nick Skiba, who is the player who kicked for the Steelers, against the Eagles because Chris Boswell was ruled out with his groin injury, he was waived from the practice squad. Remember, he was signed to the practice squad and elevated for that game. That tells you that the Steelers are confident that Nick or Chris Boswell, his groin is fine, that Nick Skiba is not needed. If they, if they had any doubt that Chris Boswell's groin was going to be something that could act up again, they would have kept Skiba on the practice squad. But they didn't. They let him go. They also replaced him on the practice squad with – I think a wide receiver named Josh Malone, I could be wrong. But then the other roster move was they waived Ryan Anderson. He was the outside linebacker they brought in shortly after uh, TJ Watt's injury. And you got to think that is to make a spot for Watt on on the 53-man roster. Now you're waiting for KZ. That's That's another active roster spot that needs to be filled. So who's going to go in that regard? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And maybe they don't make that move this week. They have some time. I would hope that they would do it this week. DeMonte KZ himself told reporters that he's going to be activated this week. It'll be really interesting to see what the team does in regards to bringing these players back. But they're making room. They've created one roster spot, one roster opening for TJ Watt. They just have to make another one for DeMonte KZ. And then they get two very important veteran defenders back on their defense. So, yeah, I don't know if y'all pay attention, but if you did pay attention, you would notice that last week I didn't update I didn't update the defcon levels. I also did not do a rookie recap. I, I was kind of fed up with the team. You know that if you listen to last Monday's show and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it after the bye. Getting ready for week 10, getting y'all geared up for the Saints game in week 10 at Acrisure at Stadium. And so I decided, okay, let's let's do the defcon updates. Remember, it's been a while now. Defcon level one is not good. Number one, I'm, I'm going to look. I'm going to read this to you exactly. So if you are at Defcon level one, okay. If you're at Defcon level one, this is from the actual Defcon levels, like the radius. This is you know what what they would actually label them as. Just so we're all clear, because I think a lot of people still expect Defcon one to be like, oh, nothing's everything's fine. Defcon level one. The, that is when a huge catastrophe is imminent or has already begun. Defcon level two is the next step before that chaos begins. Defcon level three is the increase in readiness. Okay, and Defcon level four is just increased intelligence. Watch, keep a you know keep security measures whatever. Defcon level five is the lowest state of readiness. So when it comes to these Defcon numbers for the Steelers, you want to be a five. You want five to be your DEFCON level. If you are a five, that means that everything is good. Everything is the best it could possibly be. So when we go through that, there's going to be a trend that you're going to see here because there's a lot of question marks with this team. There's only one area that has a very unique grade, and it's not that unique, but you'll see what I'm talking about. Let's start with the offense. Quarterback. I've got it as a three because ultimately when I think about the quarterback play, Kenny Pickett has not been awful. He has not won the team games, but he has not been the main issue, in my opinion, with the Steelers' offense. And so he's a three. He's a three. Uh, that quarterback is a three. And I say that quarterback because recently it's just been picket. How about the pass catchers, wide receivers, tight ends? And this is another one. I have it as a three. The reason I have it as a three is not because they lost Chase Claypool. I have it as a three based on the fact that, you know, Mike Tomlin talked about this on Tuesday where. He feels like Pat Frymuth is going to be filling in a lot for what Chase Claypool did. I love that. More Pat Frymuth, the better. But I still want to see, well, what does Steven Sims do in this offense? How does George Pickens handle an increased workload? Does Deontay Johnson step up and be the, the actual leader by example that we've all been waiting for? I don't know. So that's why I've got it as a three. Running backs. Speaking of Tomlin, what he said on Tuesday, I'm going to continually reference that. Tomlin talked about Jalen Warren, like, it sounded like he was going to see a significant increase in snaps. I don't. I'm not saying that Najee Harris is getting benched. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. But if if Jalen Warren starts to see more and more snaps, and you got to think, but what does that say? Unless Najee's not healthy, and they asked Tomlin if he's injured, like what's the deal? And he said he's he's healthy enough to play. So that tells me that if Jalen Warren sees like significant snaps this this week, hold oh, man, that would be. Very, very damning. Very, very damning of Najee Harris. So the running back position because of that is a three. The offensive line is coming off of a rough game. They were a four going into Philly. They're a three now. You just want to see them kind of take that next step to go from average to above average. I'm not expecting them to be elite in a week, but they should be better than where they are in my opinion. So there you go, a bunch of threes on the offensive side. Defensive side, very similar story. Defensive backs, three. William Jackson the third is back, is he? No one knows. He's got a back injury. He's on the roster, but ultimately, is he going to play? If he plays, how much is he going to play? Is he going to be healthy? Akella Witherspoon's banged up. Levi Wallace is banged up. James Pierre was banged up before the bye week. We we didn't hear about him from Tomlin, but it this secondary, yeah, you have Cam Sutton, Arthur Millette's still there. It's rough. It's rough. If you get KZ back, that adds a that adds a whole new element. But as of right now, he's not activated, so I've got him as a three. Outside linebacker, it was it was bad. It was a two before Philly. I, I moved it to a three just with a, just on the expectation that Watt gets promoted. If he gets promoted, then it's going to skyrocket because he seems to make everyone else around him better. However, the one thing that I, I can't get out of my head is it's just been abysmal without him. No one's done anything. So outside linebacker's a three. Inside linebacker, I actually have it going to a three because of Miles Jack's injury. That knee, oh, that bothers me a little bit because if, if he can play, then they're fine. Because I think when you have Miles Jack with Devin Bush, you're good. You're good. You're fine. But when you have Miles Jack out and Devin Bush is next to a Robert Spillane, that's different. That does not work. We saw that. It does not work. So Miles Jack, that health has me a little uneasy. It was a four. It's now a three. The defensive line is a three. I just, I want to see Larry Ogunjobi back and stay healthy. I want to see TJ Watt back because he's going to help that defensive line as well. They got to find something. They got to get something going. And the, the the only one, special teams, is a four. And that's because Boswell's coming back. Hopefully, Christian Koontz is okay, but a whole lot of threes in that DEFCON update. All right, let's get to the topic at hand here, and that is talking about predictions. Everyone wants to talk about predictions. The Steelers are coming off a bye. Time to predict. Get out your Nostradamus hats and let's make our predictions for the second half. Okay, everyone's done this. It's not just here Behind the Steel Curtain. You have... I think the last few podcasts that we've had on our network have had some form of like, let's predict the second half of the schedule. And that's fine. I really don't, I don't care. I really do not care about anyone else's podcast. I care that they do a good job and they put a a good product out there. But if they want to do that, that's their show. That's fine. I'm not going to do that. I, I honestly don't even like doing that when the schedule comes out. It seems to be the schedule comes out on Thursdays all the time, and we always do the Steelers preview myself, Dave, and Brian, and we always do our predictions. And it's you know, some take it serious. I, I just say 17 and 0 and because I just there's so much stuff that can change. Like how can anyone honestly right now, anyone, even try to predict this Steelers team for one week, let alone for the next nine games? How can you do that? I'm thinking about my parlays every Friday, which mine will be back on Friday to get ready. That Let's Ride will be presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, and I'll give you my parlay, and maybe one will hit. But do you realize how difficult it is to try and predict this football team at all? I've tried every which way. I mean, think about it. When you're talking about predicting, you talk talking about gambling, you're talking about the parlays, you're talking about trying to predict what's going to happen. That's what it's all about. So I'm trying to predict, oh, is Kenny Pickett going to have a big game? Is George Pickens going to have a big game? What about Pat Fryermuth? Is he going to score a touchdown? Is the defense going to hold the opposition to a certain point total? Haven't hit one yet. Eight tries, zero wins. Think about that. Now, yes, I suck at it. I admit it. But trying to predict this team is... I mean, it's so difficult. So difficult. And, you know, we always play. I, I have I have a Fanduel League, and a lot of guys, from some guys from behind the steel curtain are in the league. And every week, it's just fun. You, you pick a team, everyone throws five bucks in, The top three get money. Simple, fun. That's all it's supposed to be. And I used to love when the Steelers were a hot team, because I obviously pay attention to them. I have a good beat on what the team's going to do. I can't figure out anything about the Steelers' team. Again, how can anyone even try to predict this team, even if it's week by week? Yes, we give our predictions. And yes, we think about things like the injuries. But even week by week is tough enough. And I'm, I'm again, I want to reiterate this. Because when I put my title on the Slack channel for our podcast team, everyone said, oh, ho, ho. I, mean, I feel like this is a shot. Like Jeremy Betts, Jerome, our buddy from Friday, says, I wrote that article. I feel like this is a personal shot. And he was joking. Jeremy's got a good sense of humor. But for me, it's like, no, I'm not. it's not a personal shot at anybody. I get why anyone would do it. I do. I get it. It's not against anyone that has done this or is thinking about doing it. But there's so much that can change with nine games left. I mean, you think about injuries. I think think about TJ Watt getting injured for the Steelers. You think about injuries like that and it can totally derail and change the overall outlook of a specific season of a game of a stretch of games. Think about the Bengals with Jamar chase that changes the Bengals team that the Steelers are going to face in week 11 when you don't have Jamar chase because of a hip injury compared to if you do. You said that these are some of the things that you just can't predict. And this is the same thing for the, the predictions before the season even begins. You have no idea what's going to happen. Now, if you would have said to Steeler fans, hey, here's the deal. Schedule comes out, May. All right, it's in May. The Steelers are going to play the Bengals in week one. And TJ Watt isn't going to finish the game. He's going to partially tear or injure his pectoral muscle. He's going to be out until week 10. Now predict the games. I guarantee you every single person that does predictions and tries to actually think about it would have a different prediction. But then you also look at teams that are, you know, they run hot and cold. Think about what everyone was saying when Tampa Bay came to Pittsburgh. Oh, my gosh, Tom Brady, this Tampa Bay team, they're tough. They're a tough team. Tom Brady, it's gonna to be tough for the Steelers. It's I don't know. I know they're at home, but man, it's gonna be difficult for the Steelers team. But what happens? So the Steelers win? And then Tampa Bay goes into a downward spiral, loses every game up until they beat the Rams this past Sunday. You look at Green Bay. You look at Green Bay. Think about that. You, by the way, just a quick sidebar. Think about the contract they gave Aaron Rodgers, and now they're saddled with that. They got to deal with that, and they can't win a game. They can't win a game. The dude throws three interceptions in the red zone. I think all at least two of the three were in the red zone, like end goal to go. So. You think about that team, which started out well, and now is just completely derailed, falling off the rails. You don't know how this is going to play out. You you look at other teams that will then get hot. I talked about two teams that got cold, but there's also teams that you might have looked at in the schedule and said, oh, this team's no good. And next thing you know, by the end of the season, oh, yeah, that's going to be a tough game. Think about how we viewed Miami before the season started compared to what happened once you saw Tyreek Hill, Tua and Waddle out there together. Uh, you you could talk about Philadelphia even. No, I don't think anyone saw Philadelphia being like this undefeated team. But here we are. So that all can happen. The ebbs and flows, the trends of the league. And I think back to I, I listen to Mike Tomlin's press conference twice every week. I listen to it live, and then later in the evening I listen to it again because I want to hear what he says. Mike Tomlin. I, mean, I always say, you know, he says everything while saying nothing. He does give tidbits of of information, and it was Jerry Dulac, our buddy Jerry of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, who said he asked Mike, you know, you always talk about winning a Super Bowl—that's your goal. But when you're two and six, does that message change? And I honestly, I, I watched Tomlin's response. And if you want to go back and watch it yourself, he kind of, he kind of got like a little bit befuddled by it. And he said, you know what? I'm just trying to win this week. And I'm like, wow. Like, what think about that? I know what Mike Tomlin's saying. He's he's saying, like, look, I'm not gonna look that far down the road. But you would expect Mike Tomlin to say, hey, our goals never change. All right? No matter what our record is, we are striving for a Lombardi trophy. And if this year turns into, you know, whatever. We are still, that's always going to be our ultimate goal. But he said, look, we're just trying. He said, I'm here on a Tuesday. We're putting together a plan. I'm just trying to win this week. I know he doesn't want to step into a trap of saying something like this year, if it's not this year, whatever. Man, that stuck with me. So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is this. You can listen to predictions all you want. You can look at the schedule and you can try to predict this team if you want. But ultimately, it's 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 an exercise of futility. There's no way anyone's gonna know what the heck this team's gonna do. The offense is putrid, at least it was before the bye week, until they prove me until me show me something, some glimmer of hope, potential. I always talking about that potential, but the P word, until they show me some potential, man, you can't predict this second half. No one knows. No one knows. So we'll see. This week, one week at a time, as Coach Tomlin said. That's what we'll deal with. But in the second half of this show, we're going to dive headfirst into the mailbag. So stay put. We'll be right back after this break. All right, Steeler fans, it is Wednesday. It is the second half of the Let's Ride podcast. That means it's time for the mailbag segment. My ride or die crew responded. They always do, and they had a lot of good questions. Some of them are crazy and off the wall, but we're going to we're gonna answer every single one in case you want to know how to get your question answered. It's simple. You follow me on Twitter, at Jay Hartman. That's H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Every Tuesday morning, I put out the tweet. You then respond to said tweet. I answer said question on said podcast. So let's get this thing started. Heath Davis asked, it feels like a million questions, and we're going to get through them all. Heath's asked, in light of recent events, I think I may be quitting Twitter. Don't worry, though. I'll always tune into the pods. Does a fortified offensive line uh, come through free agency or the draft when rebuilding the Steelers? How many linemen do you take in the draft each year? Hashtag Crew. So, Heath, if you quit Twitter... That's going to be a bummer, but hey, that's, that's your personal decision. Uh, does a fortified offensive line come through free agency? I think it, it can be both. It can be both, and you know, I talked about last my last podcast on Monday the players that I think will stay or go as a rebuilding process. I think that okay, you if you can draft a left guard, maybe if you get like a bona fide stud at tackle. Uh, you, I think you have the right guard from free agency and you might even have the center if they really like Mason Cole. If not, maybe you get a center in the draft, but I don't think you re- replace Mason Cole this upcoming year with another free agent. Um, so how many linemen do I take this year? Shoot, I'd like at least two, but you gotta, you gotta, you have to lift up the other side of the football too. You gotta get the defensive line. It's going to be interesting. We'll say it. We'll put it that way. Another one from Heath. Uh, if a Ravens fan wearing a Suggs jersey, a Patriots fan wearing a Brady jersey, and a Bengals fan wearing a Burfict jersey are hanging off the cliff, and you have to save one, who do you save? All right, so there's the Suggs, Brady, Burfict. I'll go with Suggs. I got to be honest. I'll, I'll, I'll help the Ravens fan up. Terrell Suggs did it the right way. He didn't cheat. He wasn't. He wasn't dirty. He was a great player. I didn't like him. But, uh, yeah, I'll take the Suggs. Here we go for another one from Heath. You're chosen to be the head coach of a team for the new National Lacrosse League of America. You must draft your inaugural team from current pro athletes and other sports. Who do you take and at what position you must take two Steelers? I'm not going to list an entire lacrosse team. There's a lot of players on the field. There's 10 players on the field at one time. I'll say that give me TJ Watt uh, playing defense down low, close to the goal. Um, Give me... Let me think about offense, Uh, or let's go midfield next. Give me Minka Fitzpatrick on as midfielder. I think he'd be phenomenal at midfield because of his endurance, his speed, the ability to read the field. Uh, Give me an attackman. I'm thinking about someone shifty, smaller, uh, we'll go with, I think Kenny Pickett would be great. Actually at attack Deontay Johnson would be good and Calvin Austin. That'd be a pretty good attack unit goalie. That's the tough one. Give me Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward's not going to be scared of a lacrosse ball. And he's going to take up a lot of that goal. So those are some of the players that I would have, uh, you know, playing if, if you wanted more other positions, I'd have to dive deeper into that. All right. Heath says uh final question to go out with a bang. Give me your over under on these predictions. He keeps on saying Steel Panther. I'm not calling Kenny Pickett Steel Panther. Kenny Pickett, 33 passing attempts. This Sunday, I'm going to go, I hope it's the under, but I'm probably going to take the over. Steel Panther, uh, 20, I'm not calling him that. Kenny Pickett, 245 yards passing. Uh, I'll take the under. Pickens, attorney at, (laughs) oh, (laughs) Pickens. Uh, George Pickens, 85 receiving yards. I'll take the under. Friarmuth touchdowns, two. I'll take the under. Watt, three tackles for loss. If he plays, I'll take the over. Oh, no, Oh, tackle for loss. Nah, we'll take a push. Miles Jack, one interception. I'll take the under. And the last one, he said, I lied. One more, former Colts coach Frank Reich as the next O.C. for Pittsburgh. Thoughts? Honestly, Heath, I'm going to say that my thoughts are that Frank Reich's going to look for another head coaching job. And while that's an attractive thing to have him, I would love it. Uh, but I don't know if that would be that would work for him. He, he's going to want to wait and see what's out there, and that's just natural, and I understand that. Doc M, or Southside Doc, says, how significant will the changes in offensive and defensive game planning be coming off the bye? What could the future repercussions be if the Steelers make midseason changes to the coaching staff or if they make no changes the rest of the season? Honestly, Doc, I don't see them making any changes. to answer the second part of your question first, uh, if they would have made a change at um, coordinator, They would have done so over the bye. They would have done it right after Philly game. You give whoever's going to call the plays next time to come in and figure it out. They didn't, so I think they're going to stay put. Uh, In terms of how significant will the changes be, I think this break gives this coaching staff an opportunity to sit down. So Let's say Matt Canada. He gets to sit down with Kenny Pickett, and this might be the first time that they've actually had extended amount of time to be able to say, I don't like this package this play it doesn't work it doesn't flow well everything that leading up to the season was not Kenny Pickett it was Mitch Trubisky and so with that I have to think that that can lead to at least plays packages formations that the Steelers players and Kenny Pickett himself like are comfortable with and are comfortable doing so I think there could be some changes in that regard and I, I think it could be good. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that answer. Hope it answered your question. Brian Haynes asked one. Not sure if I'm too late, but what do you think, or of realistic or realistic expectations should be after the buy? Can the Steelers turn a corner, or are they doomed for a losing season? Like I said in the first half, Brian, I, I have no clue, and I no one does. No one does. You know, every time you think this team is going to turn that proverbial corner, they fall flat on their face. And in like I said, even in week eight. Man, they could go into Philly. They could play tough. They Even if they lose, they could still prove a lot, and they fall flat on their face. No one knows. I wish I could tell you something that is more concrete, but I can't. Not at this time. All right, next question is from TenderCat. Jeff, week one was a fluke, let's be honest. Okay. With that said, the Steelers have only won one game since, and it was the first game I ever attended when they played the Bucks. I am the solution. I just need to attend more games, and we'll be fine. TenderCat, if, if it means you got to go, then get your butt to Akersher Stadium if that's what it takes. But, you know, it's funny. I listened to all these podcasts. and I know that prior to the week eight game in Philly – our own KT Smith, he goes, they've never lost when I've been there. And he went to the game, they lost. Sadly, that ended. And then I heard on the hangover, Shannon White's family is going to the Carolina game. And he goes, they've never lost when I've been there. So I hope that streak continues. And Tendercat, get your butt to the game. We need some help. All right, Tank asks, say TJ Watt laces up and leads the Steelers to six or seven straight wins. But the Steelers don't make the playoffs. Are you upset or just happy they got wins? So this is where the caveat of that second round draft pick from the Bears is, definitely comes into play so let's say if the Steelers are finish at seven and ten or eight and nine okay and you're looking at that draft pick and you're going to be around 19 18 maybe even you know we'll see it's not 20 it wouldn't be that that low but still it depends on how everyone else finishes and so you're thinking man they're going to be in the middle of the road again but if Chicago stinks the rest of the season and they lose a bunch of games well that changes everything Because then the Steelers might have that 17th pick, but then they might end up having a really early pick in that second round. That changes everything. I want the team to win. I want the team to see success. I've talked about that before. I'm always going to root for them to win. Justin Pinsker asks, can I ask two questions? I guess so. Will the Steelers' defense produce more turnovers to give Pickett and company some short fields with Watt and KZ back? Uh, Yeah, I I think that it's natural to say that TJ Watt will equate in more – turnovers because he is a he's a wrecking ball and he just knows how to wreak havoc on the opposition so yeah i think that's i didn't see your second question so i can't answer that one coach travis is as a steelers fan that lives in north carolina i also follow the panthers if you could pluck one player from the panthers who would it be horn burns Moore, or the rookie left tackle i can't spell his name uh for me i i love uh, Horn, I think he, man, the Steelers could use a guy like that. Uh, I don't know a lot about the Panthers, though, to be honest with you. Uh, I was made fun of uh, on our Slack channel because I didn't, I've didn't. i never heard of uh, Jeremy Chin, I think. I was like, I don't know who this guy is. I'm like, oh, you've never heard of Jeremy Chin? No, no, I haven't because I follow the Steelers. So there you go. Tank asks another one. Who do you think benefits more from TJ starting? Alex, Cam, Alex, or Minka? I think it's uh, Alex Highsmith. I really do. I think he's the one that benefits the most. Nathan Van Slyke, no relation to Andy, my favorite baseball player from the 90s for the Pirates. Do you think the addition of Trent Jordan Watt, Jackson Third, and KZ to the defense might bring some kind of spark to the rest of the defense? Absolutely, they would if KZ and Watt and Jackson all play. <laughs> That's the big kicker here. But I think they could. Yeah, I mean – You talk about KZ being able to be out there instead of like Robert Spillane in certain situations if they use a third safety, uh, that's big. That's an improvement. You think about KZ being able to play the deep middle, and that allows Minka Fitzpatrick to roam. That is a big deal. TJ Watt's TJ Watt. I don't know. I shouldn't have to say anything else. (laughs) M. Dibbs has a couple. What do you dislike more, passes short of the sticks or draws on third and long? Draws on third and long, 99% of the time are, hey, they're going to be in prevent and we're basically playing for a punt. So if we can maybe get a first down and surprise them here, that doesn't bother me because it's always predictable to me. Passes short of the stick sometimes are very frustrating. If it's a pass that's, you know, hey, you're going to catch it. You got to move the pile one yard. That's one thing. But when these guys run the routes three yards short and they're expected to break three tackles, that's just stupidity. The other one from M dibs. If you could bring back a receiver who left the Steelers, who would it be? I.e., Mike Wallace, Claypool, Sanders. Uh, if I could bring back a receiver who left, am, am I guessing? Am I getting to choose from any any time period? Uh, I would bring back Heinz Ward if I had that option. Uh, but if I don't have Heinz Ward, give me uh, Santonio San Holmes. He left because I you said you did say he left. Heinz Ward never left, so I'll go with Santonio San Holmes because he eventually left and he was a playmaker, and that's what they need. Tyler asked two questions. Number one. Would you rather have the perfect season tickets on the 50 for a year or the worst seats at a Steelers Future Super Bowl? I'll go with the worst seats at a Steelers Future Super Bowl because even if you're up in the nosebleed seats of Jerry World in Dallas, you're still going to get to see the game. You'll have the, the big screens. It would be a cool experience. Two, now that Omar Khan is in charge, do you think the Steelers will be more active in the offseason with free agency and trades than we saw before? I, I wish I could tell you what this is going to look like with Andy Wheedle and Omar Khan. I, I don't know. No one knows. This is It's like predicting the Steelers this week that no one knows. So uh, I, I would hope that Omar Khan would be a little bit more willing to wheel and deal, but I can't say that with any amount of certainty. All right, Will Caldwell asks a couple. Hey, Jeff, do you think that with the bye week the offense comes out the same or they actually establish some sort of rhythm or identity? I hope for the latter, but I'm expecting the former. Uh, I I think that they're at least going to come out with stuff that Kenny Pickett does well, likes to run. I know that Mike Tomlin talked about he liked the plays where they moved the pocket, they, they got the quarterback on the uh, on the fringes, and and that that's probably what you're going to see more of to help with protection as well as to help Kenny Pickett get on the outside and use his mobility a little bit. And then Will also asks, as for the defense, how many sacks will the team get this week with TJ back? I'm hoping for four plus if it's against Andy Dalton. They're sticking with Andy Dalton, that's what they say, and if TJ Watt is back, and that's still an if, that's still an if. I'll go with four or more because I think there'll be that'll be dynamite. Andres, I'm not sure how to say his last name. He says, I feel like Mike Tomlin is a top head coach, but I do find it concerning that you hear things like people are not studying enough from Pickett. In years prior, it always drove me nuts when the team looked unprepared against weak teams. What do you think? Well, Mike Tomlin was asked about this on Tuesday, and he directly said that he doesn't know what Pickett's really referring to. He's not going to talk about that. Uh, but he said that he never felt that the players were not studying enough, to put it that way. Um, it's tough for me to give an opinion on that. I'm not in there. I don't see this stuff. I don't I don't see what Kenny, but Kenny Pickett saw something that made him say that. Keep that in mind here. The coach is going to try to defend the team. I understand that. And that would be directly reflective of him. You know, if, if a team has bad study habits, that's a direct reflection of your coach. And if, But if Kenny Pickett says that, he saw something or he felt something or he just saw guys not doing enough, and that 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 he doesn't just say that just willy-nilly. Keep that in mind as well. Corey Eckenrod says, quick hitter, right? Frank Reich to replace Canada at the end of the season, yes or no, why? I'm going to go with no, and I just think it's because they'll get a better job. That's it. And then I hope it's a yes, but I don't think it is. Uh, Will Caldwell said, if Art Rooney II were to go on an illicit drug binge and fire Mike Tomlin, what current Ring of Honor player with no college or coaching experience do you think he would hire to be the new Steelers head coach? This is obviously coming off of Jim Irsay firing Frank Reich and then hiring Jeff Saturday, whose last job was as an analyst, I think, for the NFL Network. And he's now the head coach. And so if I'm having to think, huh. I'm going to go with, I'll probably go with someone I already mentioned, and that's Heinz Ward. You know, Heinz Ward does have some coaching experience in the NFL. Uh, he's never been a head coach, though. So I'll go with Heinz Ward because I, I think he wants to get into the coaching ranks. But again, man, that's tough. And that's our mailbag segment. That's good questions. Good questions. So, hey, here's the deal. I'm going to be back on Friday. I don't, I'm, I'm hoping that Jerome Betts is going to join me. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm, I'm hoping to be back on Friday. I'll be back on Friday. So I will have him back on Friday. But still, we're going to talk about NFL game picks. I'm going to give you my heart-to-heart. I'm going to give you the parlay. We're back, getting ready for the Saints game. Be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, you know we finished it out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you on Friday. this you.